Deals. From the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio, it's the Bill King Show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man! He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I'd is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's the Bill King Show. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615. 615- 5600 5600 Call or text. Same number. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. 5th Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. What I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. subsided a little bit down there <laughs> i don't know man it was a it was a tough december january certainly off to a, a little bit better of a start getting uh dj Uyunglele out of the portal so you kind of feel like you have that settled um but man the hits just kept coming from from the snub to signing day not going over as well to really they only got one guy in the portal in all of december and so fans were certainly angsty about that and um you know, then then you obviously had the the filing suit against the ACC, and you know that was a good like shot in the arm for about six hours. But then, you know, the national narrative then turns into well, they they got snubbed, so they're leaving, so they're just a bunch of quitters and crybabies. And then the Orange Bowl is the what you know kind of capped it all off. So I don't, you know, yeah, I think Florida State fans are coming out of it, but it was a it was a, a December to forget for sure. Is the quarterback out of Savannah, Luke Holman Hoke, is he there right now midterm? Yeah, I think he just got to campus like literally okay. yesterday or, okay. or or maybe tomorrow. You know, like yeah, he he's there early enrollee. So DJ used the quarterback, and then if it progresses, perhaps he takes over. We'll see. Yeah, I think it'll be between him and Brock. You know, and yeah. I, I I wouldn't be shocked at all if if Luke went out and, and won the job. But at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked if a kid that's you know got two games experience, one against Georgia, one against you know SEC championship. Uh, goes out and wins it. So I, I think they both like they like both those guys a lot. But yeah, it'll be DJU for a year, and then they'll they'll kind of transition into one of those. Jim and Jupiter wants to know: Are there any plans to unhire Randy Shannon? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Honestly, I don't think so. I, you know, as much as you know, linebacker recruiting has been pretty you know dog crap for the last. A uh, few years, um, I, I haven't heard anything like that. Now, hopefully, me saying this out loud, and um, hopefully, I'm jinxing myself. But yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I, I, I think that, you know, I don't know. I, I, fans are frustrated by it. I'm frustrated by it. the the linebacker recruiting, the defensive line recruiting needs to get better. But uh, um, as far as I know, there's there's no plans to 
to look elsewhere there. Um, now, coaching carousel could happen. Maybe he finds another job somewhere else, and then you have to kind of backfill it, but I don't think they're going to fire him, no. And he also, part B of his question, any portal guys to keep an eye on? Yeah, they're definitely in it on a few. Um, you know, they're they're in it on uh, for Evan Stewart. They're in on Jalen Brown. Um, Nick Scrowton was a kid that they really liked, but uh, visited Texas A&M yesterday, and, and seems like he's leaning that way. A lot of people really think that they kind of may have shut that down. If he shows up to Tallahassee today, which was the original plan, um, you know, the Knowles could maybe get back in it. But there are certainly a few. Um, I'm actually going to do a portal video, but those two big wide receivers are, are big time. There's an offensive lineman from Bama that they're looking at. Um, so, yeah, th- there's definitely a couple. So far they've got DJU, and then they have Marvin Jones Jr. That's a pretty good twosome there now. Good twosome. Need to do more, though, for yeah. sure. Like, they, they, they're off to a good start uh, with those high hits. Um, you would expect both those guys to be hits for you, but you certainly need to add some pieces here and there. Is there a reason why last year it seemed like guns are blazing in the portal and this year it's more of a slow play? At least that's what it feels like. Yeah, I think Florida State thought that they would just kind of have the pick of the litter, and, you know, this is my perception of it, so Mike Norvell didn't tell me this, but I think Florida State thought that they would just kind of have their pick of the litter and be able to grab anybody and everybody that they wanted based on what they had done in the portal in the past and their reputation, and I don't think that that has been the case. I think, you know, they they thought they could maybe slow play it a little bit, approach it a little bit differently, and... uh it hasn't worked out that way, and so I think they are being a little bit more aggressive now. But they also just, you know, had a lot of other stuff going on in December, um, you know, this year with the, the snub and the ACC stuff, and they were in a lot more signing day stuff. So I think it was a kind of a mix of, of all of it. Allen in Tampa wants to know, is it time for Odell? He's talking about longtime Coach Odell Haggins to – retire yeah i mean kind of like randy you know the they both do some things really well when it comes to development um but their recruiting just hasn't been very good and something that frustrates fans it's something that fans um want to see get better um florida state's done a really good job recruiting in a lot of positions and a couple of those positions are not linebacker and defensive line and so um you know i odell is certainly not going to get fired They've talked. There's been talk about him retiring. I don't necessarily know if that's, you know, coming this year or not. But uh, yeah, I mean, the recruiting at that position is as big of a legend as Odell is. I mean, just is not good enough, you know. And so you you'd hope that, um, you'd hope that it either gets better or they find a uh, somebody that can make it get better. As as good of a developer as you are, as good of a technician as you are. You you know look at the look at the recruits when we were winning titles and 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 then you know kind of look at what they're bringing in now and there's a there's a pretty obvious difference. Josh in Sarasota wants to know where will Florida State perhaps be improved? Oh man, I, that's a tough one for for 2024. I mean, yeah. I think what's tough about that is you you lost 
so many superstars and you were so good everywhere. You know, I mean, you, you lost a quarterback who, uh, you know, his mere absence kept you out of the playoff with, you know, how good he was viewed as being. Trey Benson's going to be one of the, one of the top running backs drafted. Uh, you could improve on the offensive line for sure. Um, I, I could, I could certainly see that. Um, wide receiver. I mean, yeah, again, not, not trying to be, I don't think everything's going to be doom and gloom by any means, but yeah, wide receiver is going to be tough to improve on losing Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson. Now I really like the wide receiver class. I don't think it's going to be bad by any means, um, but that'd be a tough place to see improvement. Edge rusher is going to be tough to see improvement because you lost a first round pick. Um, defensive tackle could, could, could be very minimal drop off with Daryl Jackson and Josh Farmer back. So, um, but, you know, you lost Fabian Lovett and Braden Fisk. So unless you go to the portal, it would be tough to, like, again, see improvement there. Uh, I don't think the linebackers are going to improve. I think that's probably where you're going to have your biggest fall off. And then the secondary, I guess secondary could be an improvement. I don't, I don't know that I would say it is. So, yeah, I mean, I think Florida State, I mean, not to be, like, that's pretty doom and gloom, but look at every single position group and look at, just to look who you lost. And it's tough to say you're going to be better there. Now, there will probably be a position group or two that I just mentioned that Florida State will improve at, but looking at it right now, it's hard to it's hard to see that there'd be a ton of improvement in a lot of places. Now they could still be a really good team. I mean, this team went thirteen and zero, and so saying that they won't be as good as a thirteen and zero team, well, yeah, they might go like eleven and two or something, or you know, ten and two, and and then win a championship in the ACC. So I still think they'll be really good, but they went thirteen and zero for a reason. It's going to be tough to improve on a lot of position groups than you know perfection. What is the Estimate, purely a guess, I understand, on this lawsuit with the ACC and when it can be culminated. Is is three to five years? Is two and a half years? Yeah, I've spoken with a couple of attorneys, and, like, if you just kind of, like, figure, you know, the the standard, like, Here's how long it takes for delays. Here's how long it takes for discovery. Here's how long it – like, I've heard the numbers like a year and a half to two years tossed around if this thing, like, went to, like, its full length, right? Like, for, like, a final result through the courts. Now, a lot of people I've spoken with think that it'll get settled well before that. There's some Clemson smoke out there about them doing something similar. And if that happens, then I expect it to be pretty rapidly escalated because I don't think that they then want 10 other teams jumping on board with this. So – uh, but if it went its entirety through the legal process, like I would think a year and a half to two years. So like, you know, that, that'd be what, mid 2025-ish to, to late 2025. Could it be faster? Absolutely. But it's not necessarily a quick process. You know, I would think a year would be pretty fast. Like if, if we had, if it went through the courts and there was no settlement, I would think if it, if it wrapped up by like next Christmas or the first of the year in 2025, I'd be pretty surprised. I think it goes into 2025 a little bit. You know, the judicial process just is not fast. I don't think that's on Florida State or on the ACC. I mean, I think the ACC wants it to drag on as long as possible because then that's just more time that the will spend in the ACC. But even outside of that, you know, it just they they'll set a court date in April and then they'll they'll come in for an initial hearing in August. Like it just nothing's fast. Like they, you don't just go before a judge the next day like you know like you should or whatever. But so, yeah, I think like a year and a half, two years would be my guess. I've been asked, TJ, about the future of the ACC and will it implode like the Pac-12. I don't think so, but here's what it will be. Florida State leaves. North Carolina wants out Clemson, Miami. 
what then happens is you basically become a G5 league and you'll be paid accordingly with media rights. I don't think it will implode, but it will be a minimal league. Yeah, I mean, you know, who are your biggest brands there left? NC State, well, do they jump to the Big 12? You know, Virginia Tech, do they jump to the Big 12? Pitt, do they jump to the Big 12? Well, I, would, I would think a lot of them will. And so then you're looking at brands that are purely basketball brands, you know, Syracuse. I, I'd expect they take more teams. Maybe they grab USF. Maybe they grab Liberty. You know, maybe they grab some teams like in that, you know, kind of realm. Um Maybe they merge with the Big 12 and just make, like, a really big – I don't know. But, like, yeah, I mean, you just look at the brands that would be left, and uh, there's not a lot of quality there. There's not a lot of people tuning in every day for that. There are no national brands left there. I mean, shoot, when when that happens, Liberty might be your biggest national brand if you if you grab them just because of how big they are. So I I think that that would be – you know, yeah, it'll be the American. It'll be it'll be a conference like that. TJ, tell everybody how they can get your content. Yeah, double fries, no slaw everywhere. Twitter is just my name, TJ underscore Bittinger. Come ahead and check us out. All right, man. See you next week. Thanks, Phil. Dave Hooker. Off the hook sports. Rocky Top, all that stuff. Yeah. When we come back, Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning in Wilson County right now. They're on the scene of a structure fire there in the Mount Juliet community. It's going to be in the 1500 block of Stonehill Road. The fire department has that blocked off there in Wilson County right now as it really picks up out of here in the last few minutes on 65 South over here at Trinity Lane. It's still moving right now through Hermitage Donaldson on I-40 as you come past the airport. Starting to load up a bit uh, with that volume on 24 westbound coming out of Rutherford County, Murfreesboro towards Nashville. A 24-7 reliable crane and rigging services here in Middle Tennessee. It's Tom Tomahawk Crane and Rigging you online. Enjoy the thrill of gambling, but what happens when it becomes a problem? Whether you want to cut back or quit gambling altogether, the Gambling Clinic has been helping people change their gambling for over two decades. We're here to help, not to judge. The Gambling Clinic is a Tennessee-based clinic offering in-person and telehealth support to help people win back their life. Visit us at thegamblingclinic.com. This project is funded by the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. Start the new year off with a bang of big savings during the Omaha Steaks end-of-season event. You can stock up on all your favorites and get 50% off site-wide. That's 50% off incredible steaks like their legendary Butcher's Cut Filet Mignon or sink your teeth into their memorable Butcher's Cut Top Sirloin. Just go to omahasteaks.com. Plus, when you use code QUALITY at checkout, you'll get an extra $30 off your order. From perfectly aged tender steaks to juicy burgers, decadent desserts, and classic comfort meals, 
every bite is guaranteed perfect. For a limited time, get 50% off site-wide. Plus, save an extra $30 when you use promo code QUALITY at checkout. Start the new year off right and warm up your winter with tender steaks and hearty home-cooked favorites from Omaha Steaks. All 50% off with their end-of-season event. Make sure to enter the promo code QUALITY at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. Minimum purchase may apply. Omaha Steaks, America's original butcher. Cool Deck LLC, the Dexpert, is asking listeners to please donate a toy to Toys for Tots this holiday season. You can make a difference in a child's life. This message is brought to you by Cool Deck LLC. For decorative concrete, resurfacing for patios, sidewalks, garages, pool decks, and more, give the pros a call today at 615-836-9595. 615-836-9595. Visit CoolDeck.com and like them on Facebook. That's Cool Deck LLC. They're professionals who care. The TSU men's basketball squad came through a challenging non-conference schedule with a winning record and now turned their attention to Ohio Valley Conference play. The Tigers kicked off a run of 18 league games over nine-week period through February, leading the OVC Championships part 6th to the 9th at the Ford Center in Evansville. And part of that, nine league home games at the Gentry Center. Hello, this is Greg Polk inviting you to join longtime TSU broadcaster Albert Dawson and me on all the games this season right here on National Sports Radio. Call or text the best college football radio show in the history of humankind. 615-844-5600. The Bill King Show. Dave Hooker from Off the Hook Sports covers Tennessee. Nico Iamaleava in the bowl game looked like he'd been the quarterback in Tennessee for five years. Did not look like some freshman out there trying to figure it out. Made all kinds of plays. Bowl game. Yeah, bowl game. We'll see how the spring develops and how he does, but he has everything physically that you would want. Anything you want to draw up. He's 6'6". He's got incredible arm talent. You saw him make plays in the running game. I don't know what he can't do. I, I do not know what he cannot totally excel at as a quarterback. You know how you see a quarterback and you remember the recruitment and you remember the hype and then you see them and it's just not quite right. It doesn't click. It doesn't flow. The plays that need to be made don't get made 
Not with this guy. Not with this guy. It's a bowl game, but against a good Iowa defense, how the Iowa offense is God-forsaken, as we know. But the defense isn't. And the only team that had the yardage and the success against them, I believe, was Penn State. Michigan didn't. Now, I'm not saying Tennessee would beat Michigan. They wouldn't. I'm not, I'm not even, okay? I'm just – that's a good defense that kid went against. And other than some breakdowns in pass protection – and probably needed to get rid of the ball if he could, he did not do anything wrong. He did not. He played quite well, and I was hoping that right here we would have Dave Hooker. Pat, are we still not uh, getting him? All right. Yeah, we're, we're efforting Dave Hooker, but... Next hour, I think J.C. Told, told me he was back. He told me he would be back a week and a half ago, whenever, when he said, Bill, I'm about to head down to West Palm and get hitched, but I'll be back for the next week. Mike the Mad Dog, Bill, asked Dave what are the pros and cons he noticed from Nico in the bowl game. Uh, I didn't see any con at all. Other than if you really want to be hypercritical, needs to do a better job of getting rid of the ball. But he didn't look. When he ate those balls, he didn't turn it over. That's that's a scary thing, too. That's it. That's the only thing I can think of. He looked totally in control. Here's another item. In a couple of short yardage plays, they put him under center. Now, I know what you're going to say. Bill, okay, they put him under center. So what? Who cares? Folks, in today's climate, when everybody's in the shotgun, going under center is not the gimme, the smooth moment that you think it is. That can be very tricky. When you go under center, you've been in the shotgun. Heck, that kid's been in the shotgun probably his whole life, high school or everything else. And now in short yardage, they've got you under center, not a problem at all. And on a couple of those plays, it was another true freshman, Cam Selden, who was a 225-pound running back that they think is going to be an absolute beast. And it was right into the teeth of that defense. I don't know what I I saw there that I would complain about. Now, he's going to make mistakes. You want to fail forward. You also need to remember this kid was an all-American volleyball talent. Very athletic. I mean, uber-athletic kid. I'm telling you, with him, I don't know what the limitation is. I, I don't. I do not know. I don't, I don't know, I, I don't, I, I don't know what he can't do. As a quarterback, I, I can't tell you what he's not capable of. That's what kind of talent he is. Now, they got other items around him. They need to uh, start making plays at receiver. Feel like they'll be better off this next year there. And certainly their defense needs to quit giving up third and long big plays 
and the secondary needs to cover somebody occasionally. They've got some issues, right? But quarterback will no longer be an item. It was for a year. It won't be again. Not with a talent like that. Nico Yamaleava. Folks, he's got a younger brother who I think is a sophomore who is tearing it up, who threw, I think, for about 3,000 yards this last year out in California, and he's a different body type. This kid is more 6'4", 225, 230. Built more like DJU. Nico is long. I'll tell you who Nico's body type is like would be Trevor Lawrence. He's long like that. Now, I think Trevor had a little bit more weight on him. What was Trevor Lawrence's playing weight at Clemson? Wasn't he around 6'6", 220? He was always long and high cut. But he wasn't. Nico got there, and he was 6'6", probably 185. And they say now he's around 206, 210. So they put some meat on him. But his body type, that's his body type. It's also... George McIntyre's body type, who's the number two ranked quarterback in the class of 25, who's got it down to Alabama, LSU, and Tennessee. I don't think he's going to LSU because LSU feels like they're about to get Bryce Underwood out of Michigan, and that is Saturday during the uh, All-Star game. LSU got the number one ranked running back yesterday from the class of 25, who's a Louisiana kid committed. And they feel like they're going to get the top-ranked quarterback in the class of 25 out of Michigan on Saturday committed. McIntyre then would have it down to Alabama or Tennessee. He's the number two-ranked quarterback in America right here in the 615, in the heart of the 615. And let me just repeat, the number one-ranked quarterback in the class of 26 is Right here in the same area. If if you want to divide up Nashville, the 615, Brentwood would be kind of south, a little bit south of Nashville, what, 15 minutes? And Nashville Christian, where the number one ranked quarterback in America right now is located, would be Bellevue, which would be kind of West Nashville. Patton, would that be pretty fair geographically? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, that'd be West Nashville. On the other side, kind of right off. If you're going down 40 east or west, meaning Memphis, you know, on, on the west side of the town, not not as you're going from Nashville to, to uh, Knoxville, but as you're going from Nashville to Memphis, that 40 west and east, Nashville Christian's about 15 minutes where he is 20 minutes maybe from downtown Nashville. Just down 40, right off Interstate 40, maybe five minutes. He's the top-ranked player. And last time we heard, Ohio State might well be the leader there for him. So Tennessee's got the number two-ranked kid in the class of 25 at quarterback and the number one-ranked kid in the class of 26 in the 615. No care. Bill Warchant had a lawyer yesterday, and he said there is teeth to the lawsuit, but it is going to be a very costly fight. Oh. 
whatever law firm that is, just go ahead and plan on your uh, yachts and your private jets. Or you. Absolutely plan on it. Plan on it, plan on it. Jeff too said, Bill, when I saw Nico play in the bowl game, I had flashbacks to Matt Jones at Arkansas with that body type, running style and mannerisms. I do a show in Arkansas every Tuesday, and Matt Jones is one of the hosts. Talked to Matt every week for the last couple of years. Good guy. I had some had some issues there, but was a fantastic Arkansas player. Then went to didn't he go in the first round as a wide receiver? Six six Matt, you you know Matt Jones is historically now scoring wise one of the best players in Arkansas history, high school basketball. Matt Jones is six six. Six seven. Remember, he run up and down the field. Nico's got more arm talent than that. Nico's got as athletic as Nico is. His arm talent is equal to that. That's why I don't know where the flaw is. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know where. Now, look, we saw one bowl game, and next year we'll see a million games, and we're going to see his mistakes and. We'll see it all, right? Coordinators will dial him up and and be ready for him. But I don't know where the flaw is. I don't know where you say, okay, this is what I don't. I don't like this right here. Jim Buck, too, in the 615. Hey, Bill, do you worry about the O-line? Well, they've got four or five back. And who would you rather have than Cooper Mays snapping him the ball? They do need another offensive lineman. There was some talk about Lance Hearns at LSU, even though I don't know if Tennessee's a big player there. And there's another player, an offensive lineman from, and I'm trying to remember... Kevin in Mule Town sent me something on it yesterday. His name, he's from Kansas, so he's from my guy's school, Lance Lapold. His name is Armage Reed Adams, who started for Kansas, and apparently Tennessee's in a flirtation there. They need at least one other transfer portal offensive lineman. But I don't think... That's not where their problems are. I mean, with that same offensive line, they just rushed the ball for almost 200 yards on Iowa. Nobody does that. Dylan Sampson, who's not a, well, he's a starter now, hit him for about a buck fifty. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's where the issues. Is. I think they need better playmaking at wide receiver, and I think that the secondary, which has been a borderline catastrophe, and pretty much everybody transferred, has got to somehow play better and be better coached. That's where that's where I see the uh, critiquable issues, Vince. Vince also here in the 615 is a big Michigan fan. He said, Bill, I heard that Ryan Day, Urban Meyer, Brian Hartline, and Zach Smith were <laughs> – no, no, I'm not going to read that. I almost read it. 
Because I know you probably talked about this, but what's your prediction for the Natty Go Blue? I am. That Michigan and UW game. I am having a lot of internal mental conflict with trying to adjudicate the outcome. I am. On one hand, you have this rock-solid, physical, well-coached, everywhere on the field, well-coached Michigan program with a coach who I think is leaving. And a giant bleep you out the door. That would be kind of ironic and fitting. So I've got that against a UW team and an offense that doesn't get slowed down. And a quarterback that is super, in basketball terms, the basket looks like it's the size of the ocean. For Michael Penix, superstar receivers, some injury worries at running back, and a defense that can be taken advantage of. And a coach in Coach DeBoer who has a resume that is really attractive. I mean, this guy has done two years a remarkable job at UW. I'm having lots of conflicts trying to critique that game because there's storylines everywhere through through all of this right storylines everywhere all right here's what we need to do take a break i don't know dave uh yeah i'm not sure what's going on there We'll take a break, though. Coming right back. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. A couple of cards up against the wall in a terrible spot on 24 westbound at Bell Road there in the Antioch area as that traffic increases in that area from that heavy traffic flow that's coming in behind it from Rutherford County Murfreesboro up through there right now. Again, that's two cars involved in a minor collision up against the wall on 24 westbound at Bell Road. Still trying to move this stalled car over here up against the wall. It's got flashing lights. It's slowing down that traffic flow on 440 eastbound at Nolansville Pike, 1500 block of Stonehill Road. That's a house fire in the Wilson County area Mount. Juliet. Hey, Princess Hot Chicken is hiring at all four locations. Check out that awesome menu today at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. I'm a retired school psychologist and helping people was my thing. After my stroke, when Meals on Wheels started, I was on the other end of the stick, so to speak. My name is Julius Gaines, creative writer, poet, photographer. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. 
Bob's Steak and Chop House, located in the Omni Nashville Hotel, is a nationally renowned steakhouse specializing in the finest corn-fed Midwestern prime beef. The menu formula is simple. Incredible meat, gigantic shrimp, fabulous salads, and decadent desserts. Start your experience at Bob's with the fried calamari or fresh scallops seared in Texas burnt honey. All the beef at Bob's Steak and Chop House are USDA prime cuts. From the traditional fillet of tenderloin and ribeye to the adventurous Kansas City bone-in strip. They even have two different surf and turf options. And if you're looking for the other white meat, Bob Steak and Chop House serves a dry-aged pork tomahawk with homemade applesauce. Fresh seafood is on the menu from salmon to scampi and even fresh lobster tail. For reservations, give them a call or log on to the Omni Nashville Hotel website. Bob Steak and Chop House at the Omni Nashville Hotel. The Locksmith Company, our full-service locksmithing expert, is asking listeners to please donate a toy to Toys for Tots this holiday season. You could make a difference in the life of a child. This message is brought to you by The Locksmith Company, a proud veteran employer. For all your residential, commercial, or automotive locksmithing needs, call today for a free estimate or 24-7 emergency service at 931-801-5427. 931-801-5427. And also visit the LSCO.com. The Locksmith Company is looking forward to seeing you. It's a Bill King Show. We are college football centric. That is the sun that warms our planet that we live on. Our planet actually isn't flat or round. It's an oblong spheroid. And we are here to proselytize about it, edify it every day on this here radio show. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. The Bill King Show, broadcasting live on Sports Radio 93.1 WXKO ESPN Middle Georgia. Call or text the show now at 615-844-5600. The Bill King Show. Sherbert Hour 3. Happy, what is today? Thursday. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow, I promoted, at least at the time, correctly, we would be at the Omni tomorrow. That is not the case now. We will not be at the Omni tomorrow. That's a week away. It got changed. Scheduling conflicts, etc. We'll be there a week from tomorrow at the Omni in Kitchen Notes, where we always are. Tim has dialed us up. Welcome in, sir. Hey, Tim. Hey, Bill. How are you today? Doing good. Appreciate it, man. I got a quick, uh, two quick UT questions, um, but just real, one quick comment. Really none of my business on Dave Hooker, but it just seems a little disrespectful to you that this seems to happen every other week with that guy, but whatever. Um, okay. Hey, on UT, the thing that bothered me a little bit, I thought Nico played great, but um, their inability to get the ball down the field, um, is that the way teams are going to play UT now, just make them keep everything in front and 
make them nickel and dime them down the field. And then um, last question, are they really going to stay with Willie Martinez at defensive backs coach? That seems to be the one area that hasn't improved in the last three years, and they're not going to get where they want to go with that secondary. I'll hang up. You have a good day. They don't have they, – they have trouble getting deep. Now, when you had – and this is probably not the best example because these guys are NFL performers. I mean, these guys are doing well in the NFL as rookies. When you had Tillman and Hyatt, you could just wreak all kinds of havoc. There was a substantial drop-off. And the one deep ball they tried, Ramel Keaton quit on the play. Now, again, I don't know if it was the sun in his eyes or what, but it was, I thought, perfectly thrown. He quit at the end of the play. Now, he's gone. And the young receivers they have, Nimrod and Webb, I don't think they are playmakers. I think they're they're solid, decent, but I don't think they're playmakers. Squirrel White's a pretty good playmaker, but they've got to get better. They've got the kid coming in from Tulane. They've got Holden Stays. And Brew McCoy's coming back, and he's coming off a brutal injury, but he's announced he's coming back. They will be better. Plus, they're bringing in Mike Matthews, the uh, Staley kid out of South Carolina. They ought to be better. A lot better at wide receiver. Yeah, their secondary is a problem. There'll be all kinds of new names back there because of the portal. That's fine, but they're not well coached. And the gentleman, Willie Martinez, who is their coach, is not a very good DB coach. He's not. He's considered a good recruiter, and apparently that's what keeps him. But Tennessee's not well coached at all in the secondary, and that's – that apparently is not getting fixed. Now, they may play a little bit better next year, maybe maybe so, but the theme about not being well coached, I don't care who you put back there. I was trying to think about uh, some of the really outstanding DBs. You can, you can take Eric Berry, Terry McDaniel, That's a crazy, crazy example there. And, uh, oh, who was the free safety they got out of Georgia who was so good, who played as a freshman for them and was on the 98 championship team? Put him back there at free safety and, you know, grab you a corner, another. I mean, they're not well coached. And I don't know, that, that little part isn't changing. Just heard back from Dave Hooker, and I'm not sure what happened. He wants to know if we can reschedule him. Maybe we could get him. I'm I'm requesting, guys, the top of the hour. That gives us a little more latitude. JC's going to be at the 20-minute mark next hour. Friday, Coach Pete will check in. We will not be at the Omni. He'll be on by phone. Ole Miss EV Hour 2. Kevin Hagan. Patton, Kevin's going to go live again, right? That is correct. Tomorrow. Yes. Kevin live again tomorrow. And then Brad, hour number three is the way we've got it laid out. Dave Hooker, uh, Patton, top of the hour.
what we're going to do. Top of the hour, Dave Hooker. Off the hook sports. We'll check on Rocky Top, Tennessee, and see all that's happening there. But it's going to be – it'll be fun and interesting. I think the SEC next year will have – how many potential playoff teams do we have in the SEC and the Big Ten? Big Ten, I would say Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, there's three. I would say Oregon and UW, that's five. Southern Cal, potentially? I don't think so. I'll stick with those five. UW and Oregon, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. SEC, Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss, LSU, Tennessee, who am I leaving out? Missouri, five to six. Now, again, they won't get that many. I'm not saying that's what they'll get, and I'm saying potential. I mean, really, potentially a top 12 get-in team. Get the break here. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. They're moving a wreck right now on 24 eastbound at Briley Parkway south of town. It's got traffic slow go. That's 24 eastbound at Briley. It's still slow. 840 westbound in the Arrington community there in Williamson County. It's picking up even more on 65 south down through Millersville. Princess Hot Chicken is hiring at all four locations. Check them out today. Order online at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Hello, I'm Greg Pogue, and welcome to High Valley Conference Basketball Weekly Spotlight presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, a division of the Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security. Drunk driving is the ultimate form of unsportsmanlike conduct. The Tennessee Highway Safety Office reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. Three men's teams are undefeated after the first week of league play. UT Martin is 2-0 after two road wins, while Moorhead State and Western Illinois are 1-0 after also winning on the road. Road teams went 6-3 during the open weekend. Women's teams are even more dominant on the road by going 8-1 last week. Southern Indiana and UT Martin are both 2-0 in OVC play after road wins, while Eastern Illinois, Moorhead State, and Western Illinois are each 1-0. The lone women's team to win a home game was Tennessee State, which outlasted Little Rock in overtime. Two of the top three scoring performances in the OVC were last week, with Southern Indiana's Jeremiah Hernandez scoring 35 points at SEMO, while Moorhead State's Riley Minix had 34 points two days later against the Red Hawks. Little Rock's Jameer Chaplin and Moorhead State's Riley Minix were named OVC men's co-player and co-newcomer of the week, while Little Rock's Jalen Crocker-Johnson was top freshman. Macy McGlone at Eastern Illinois was named the Women's Player of the Week, while top newcomer was Little Rock's Leilana Wimbish Gay, 
UT Martin's Kenley McCarn was freshman of the week. For complete information on this year's OVC basketball championships presented by United at Fidelity Bank, which will be March 6th through the 9th at the Ford Center in Evansville, visit www.ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville. This has been the OVC Basketball Weekly Spotlight presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, a division of the Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security. If you've been drinking, don't drive, and always remember that fans don't let fans drive drunk. I'm Greg Pogue wishing everybody a great week of OVC basketball. You won't believe it until you OVC it. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, a division of the Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security. Hi, I'm Test Director Rick from ServPro, the leader in cleaning, restoration, and construction. It's my job to make sure our pros are prepared for anything. Storm damage? Fixed. Flood damage? We're on it. Fire damage? Not anymore. Aliens? What? Aliens? We cleaned those sites a while ago. No matter the disaster, our pros will make it like it never even happened. Find out why ServPro is the number one choice for residential and commercial restoration projects, large and small. Visit ServPro.com today. home of commitments and other stuff the bill king show dave hooker top of the hour jc shepherd also an hour three patent question for you tom and myrtle beach wants mike vrabel as the buckeye head coach as we know there is no opening there at ohio state but what is the feeling, since I don't keep up or watch Pro Bowl hardly at all, does Vrabel have another year and then that's it? If he wants it, I think he's got another year, Bill. There's uh, about every – I don't want to say every, but there's a lot of national media going on between Rand Carthon, which is the Titans general manager, and Mike Vrabel, that there's some issues there and that uh, Vrabel kind of wants out. So I – don't really know what's real and what's not. Yesterday he said it's a it's a nothing burger, but what's he really going to say? So I, I I don't. The Titans won't certainly do anything. They they won't fire him necessarily. But uh, there's talk that Vrabel isn't necessarily happy and is looking to move on. So uh, I wouldn't rule that out. Now wait a minute. He didn't like the last GM either. He doesn't like the new one. Correct. He's uh he, he's going on a killing spree over at a St. Thomas Sports Park. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought Rand Carthon was the guy, man. I mean, he's going to get it all fixed. Uh, well, that, that, that's what I as a fan was sold to, Bill, and here I am, uh, 5 and 12 or whatever I am. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Tom says, Bill, I wish they would throw a bunch of money at Brable, get him, make him the head coach, keep Knowles as coordinator, defensive coordinator, Hartline as the OC, hire a new staff at all other coaching positions, promote Laronitis to assistant coach so he has more of a role in recruiting. 
Brable is a pro guy. I'm confident. Now, let's say he's not a head coach in the NFL. Would that be attractive to go back and be a college coach? Vrabel is such a no-nonsense guy. What would he be like in this lawless college environment? Re-recruiting your players to stay on the team. Telling others they need to leave. Poaching other rosters. Having a collective paying players. You're supposedly not really to be involved in that, wink, wink. I don't know if that's an environment, as good as that Buckeye job is, I do not know if that fits his personality. Yes, he got his start coaching for Urban Meyer after his NFL career. Mike the Mad Dog, Bill, Willie Martinez was an absolute terrible D.C. at Georgia. I would never hire him if I were the head coach in the SEC. Remember, when they elevated Willie Martinez to defensive coordinator, the coordinator at the time was an incredibly successful Brian Van Gorder. That's what's so shocking. Van Gorder was... I believe the Broyles winner as the coach of the year, assistant coach of the year at Georgia, leaves, and it has not been good since. He was a fantastic coordinator at Georgia. Mark Rick's got a long time history with Willie Martinez, dating back to Miami, and uh, elevated him. And that defense collapsed. It eroded. No question. This is Willie Martinez. Is this is his second stop? It wasn't. He was on the uh, Butch Jones staff too. No, it's it's. You're right. No, Kev said Bill. If the Pats moved on from Belichick, Vrabel has been mentioned as his replacement. Vrabel, if he's given another opportunity to be a head coach in the NFL, I would say 100 times out of 100, he's going to take that job over a college job. Even if it's the Buckeyes, his alma mater, I, I he goes back to New England 100 times out of 100. I would think now. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that you can entice him Unless there was nothing else available. There's not a head coaching job in the NFL for you. Buckeyes want you. Here's 10 million bucks. Come back to your alma mater again. Then maybe. Yeah, maybe. But top of the hour coming up, Mr. Dave Hooker. Off the hook sports. We'll talk Rocky Top. I, here's what my plan is. When Dave Hooker comes back, I'm going to make Nico already better than Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. I'm going to, I'm going to just, just to make the audience go crazy. Yeah. I'm going to say, if you took Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Joe Montana and John Elway and multiplied all of those collectively by infinity, 
you might get to Nico's level. That's what I'm going to say. No, 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 no. They'd still come up short. Wouldn't, wouldn't equal Nico. No. First time Nico throws a pick next year. Yeah, Bill, how, how's that looking? <laughs> I'm here for it. That's what I'm here for. All right, Dave Hooker and then J.C. Sherbert. Omni Nashville Hotel. 